This is Internet Marketing. to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today I'm joined by Michael Geetson, Managing Director at Identity Group, and Shay Bennett, Head of Digital Marketing at Identity Group. Hello, chaps. Hello, Andy. Um, let's start off with you both telling us a bit about yourself and a bit about Identity Group. I'll start. So, uh, hi, yeah, I'm Michael Geetson, Managing Director of Identity Group. Identity Group itself is uh, made up of three core divisions. Firstly, we have identity events. That business is kind of what you'd say the forefront of the design and manufacturing of brand implementation. Uh, We've been going for about 30 years or so. Design, construction, implementation of exhibition stands, conferences, experiential marketing, And so in short, really, it's the design and build of exhibition stands. Basically, the group evolved um, some 10 years later. We expanded and we bought graphic production in-house to support our events division. It was shortly after this that we thought we were onto a good thing. Um, So we went direct to market with identity science and printing. Uh, So although today it still supports the events division, it's very much a standalone company working with several national retailers, FTSE 100 companies, and the rail and air industry. And lastly, by no means least, we have Identity Digital, our digital division. Uh, once again, it's there to complement our event services, but we're doing social media takeovers leading up to an event, digital content for your stand, email marketing training for our existing events clients. And myself, our identity, I oversee the strategic vision whilst also maintaining an involvement in all major projects. Uh, Some of the exciting projects I've worked on here is delivering Google AdWords campaign for Google across eight countries and six languages. I rolled out the premier travel brand for Eurotunnel, um, implemented global televised events for UK government, um, and recently worked on Aegon Tennis Championships. Shane? Yeah, hello. Uh, I'm Shay Bennett, and I'm head of digital marketing uh, at Identity Group. I've been working in the space for more than a decade now, and Quite a lot of experience managing digital campaigns for clients across an enormous range of industries, across B2B and B2C in in retail, finance, education, uh, healthcare, and of course, events. I suppose I've seen as a little bit of an authority within the space. Uh, I've written a couple of books about social media marketing, and I think more than 3,000 articles about digital as a whole that have been picked up by all sorts of places like the BBC and the Washington Post and that sort of thing. So, I mean, the uh, sort of the events market is a massive, massive industry. What, what digital trends have had the biggest impact in the events industry, would you say, guys? Well, if I take this on, Michael, for me, there's been two that have been massively important over the last decade. And that was the kind of the launch and the kind of growth of social media and the, uh, the first launch of the original iPhone back in 2007. I mean, the mobile device, and particularly on the smartphone kind of side of the business, the impact of that across all industries really just cannot be understated. It was absolutely massive. I mean, statistically, as you know, every business professional in the UK owns a smartphone, uh, mm. probably more than one if you count drug dealers. And, uh, <laughs> and this is a in the events industry, the visitors to become truly immersed and engaged in a conference by tapping into that device and using social platforms to get engaged and connect with people while they're there. But uh, I mean, in particular, a platform such as Twitter uh, has really allowed uh, attendees to connect in a way that was just not possible a decade ago. And, uh, and the people, I think the bigger thing is people are unable to attend a conference can now get involved directly through social media by, you know, clicking on a hashtag, liaising with the kind of events handle on Twitter and that sort of stuff. And it's 
It's made a conference that maybe a decade ago was quite an insular affair. The reach and the awareness now of even very small events can be absolutely massive. And I think for me, those two developments, which are still fairly recent, I mean, the iPhone, as I said, is, is less than a decade ago, um, mm. have been absolutely massive in this space. So, I mean, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Because it's changed so much in the last few years. Like, I mean, I went to an exhibition a few months ago and just everyone, you sort of look around and everyone is like sort of walking around, looking at their phones, tweeting stuff uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, if I'm attending my sort of next exhibition, what sort of technology should I sort of be including on the stand? Well, I think uh, from our point of view, it, cro- it covers such a vast area. And really, I'd start with video walls. They're, they're the biggest change, really, that's come, um, come into the industry. They're just so much more accessible now. And these include things like seamless TVs, LED walls. So they're absolutely the must-have thing on stands. And I suppose there's always that cliche that a picture speaks uh, a thousand words. Well, video just blows that out of the water, really, on a stand. Yeah. And I think this then is given access to using things like social media walls. So this video technology, you can kind of plug in using live social media fees. Shay? Uh, yeah, I mean, they've developed very quickly, again, in probably less than kind of four or five years. When they first started social media walls, they were quite simple. They were usually just the kind of Twitter feed of either the event, if it was a, if it was a social wall that was being shown everywhere at a conference, or if it was on a stand, it would be the actual exhibitor's feed. But in the last kind of 36 months, they've got more and more powerful and more and more features kind of being enabled. I think one particularly effective one, which is, which is not new, but I think still very powerful, is something as simple as a leaderboard on a social media wall, which kind of ranks attendees by how well engaged they are with the event hashtag and that sort of stuff. Mm. could be tremendously valuable for driving engagement because it's a little bit of a competitive element and it kind of drives people to kind of get involved. And I think just something as simple as that for someone on their kind of social media walk can make a huge difference to their kind of engagement metrics. Yeah, gamification is very powerful, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the whole angle of the events industry is getting more and more sophisticated as well. I mean, you know, you can do things now that you just couldn't do kind of 18 months ago, which really will drive people to kind of, not only to kind of get involved with the conference, but to actually come to an individual stand to kind of get involved in that aspect of the gaming. Yeah, definitely a footfall driver. And I think the other bit of tech that you could be using is visitor tracking. So this has come from the retail space, kind of shop footfall tracking. You can mm-hmm. use uh, infrared to see where people are on the stand, what products they like, and how many people have um, actually come onto your stand. And I suppose not new technology, but it's once again, it's about accessibility. So cloud technology, it's just much easier to use now. And as a sales tool, you can have promo staff or sales staff on the stand and they can be real time sending uh, inquiries back to headquarters or sales team kind of via Google Docs or something. Yeah. So you could be at a show and you could even receive a quote or a follow up while you're still there. So very powerful. Uh, Touch screens. Specifically, I'd be talking about the touchscreen table. They're really popular in 2016. A great way of showing case studies on your stand, online brochures. And really, just a word of warning with those, the better software, the better the experience, uh, and vice vice versa. So that's kind of like an interactive type of uh, display, isn't it, presumably? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and they're big now. They they can go up to sort of 50 inches, and uh, yeah, we love them here. I suppose lastly as well, it's a product called Pokken. So it's kind of new for us here um, and it's definitely geared towards either the smaller exhibition or large conference, uh, but it's a clever little piece of kit. It's a branded USB stick. You attach it to a lanyard and it replaces a need for exchanging uh, business cards and collecting endless bits of literature. Ah. 
So it uses near-fill technology. You can press it against another pokin. It glows green. And so, yeah, if you're a person, you'd go up and poke in each other and you download all their contact information and vice versa. And if it's a product, you poke in the product and it will automatically download the brochure. So wow. uh, get home, plug it into your computer, and then you'll have a, uh, a list of all the contacts that you met that day uh, and all, all that literature. It sounds like some sort of dating device, almost. <laughs> I think Shay's using it for that. <laughs> Always think it was the head. No, but it is. It's incredibly uh, makes it the, the kind of uh, the uh, gathering of leads, and more importantly, the kind of way you can action those leads. A far more effective process because instead of going on with a whole bunch of cards and pieces of paper and napkins that have got content information on, all the information you need is right there on a spreadsheet ready to go. You can import it into your CRM, yes. send it onto your sales team, add it to your email list. You know, it's just a couple of clicks away, and it's really a massive time saver. I think particularly invaluable for kind of smaller businesses that don't have a whole team to kind of devote to this sort of stuff. So, are these devices uh, being increasingly used by sort of punters coming to exhibitions? Is that how, how, it's, how it sort of works? Well, it's, it's, it's more for, it starts off with the larger sales conferences. So if you're a large corporate and you're bringing over sales delegates from uh, many different countries, you will just be given one at the conference entry point. Um, and then throughout the time they're there, when they meet other delegates, they can be touching each other. Um, I say that loosely. <laughs> and then, uh, then it's just progressively worked its way throughout the industry. And so it, it's, it's still an expensive point for a large exhibition. Um, and so for the smaller one, it's perfect. Just going back, actually, you mentioned uh, one of the things that stuck out in my mind was visitor tracking with this sort of like a thermal footfall tracker and various devices like that. This is quite interesting. Well, what do you do with that sort of data? Well, you can do whatever you like with it. I mean, the way this works is the same sort of thermal tracking that a lot of retailers use. Uh, I think people like Richard, Sa- uh, Richard Sounds are kind of like pioneers in this space yeah. where they measure everything on a kind of square foot kind of basis for their, every store they have in the country. And the way it literally works is that it tracks visitors as they come in and out of your location, be it a store or in our case, be it like an, a, an event stand. Uh, and it keeps a track of all this data, measuring how long they were there, how long they, whether they spoke to people, whether there was a, a certain amount of people at the stand at, t- at a time it was busy, whether there was not enough people understand when it was it was too busy so the people weren't being seen mm. and at the end of the day you get a, a huge amount of data that you can analyze almost like a kind of google analytics in a kind of footfall kind of capacity which is tremendously valuable for measuring roi seeing where your stand was effective seeing what worked or what didn't work and kind of you know and moving on from there so it's almost like a physical heat map then isn't it oh it's, yeah it's absolutely that and they come in different uh, shapes and sizes but i think the most important thing is since the era of digital marketing, the accountability for your return investment has become greater because the quality of the analytics and the data that you can get. And so I think that's spreading throughout other areas of marketing. And so footfall tracking is absolutely a great way of the statistics proving what is working on your exhibition standard. So for our clients, they want to know, did that display work? Obviously, did that attraction work? Yes or no, if the footfall's low. Okay, so let's move on to the website. So if I've sorted out the technology from a stand, sort of what about the website, sort of what or what should I be doing there to sort of optimise and support the marketing strategy around the event? Well, one thing we would say about identity is you cannot begin your marketing campaign for any event, irrespective of the size, too early. I mean, it's a minimum, you're looking at a minimum of three months ahead and ideally six months in advance. And the number one thing you need to get in place from day one is your event's website. Now, that may be an entire website devoted to an event if it was on a conference level or if you're an exhibitor, it'd be a forward slash running off of your main website. And this is the place that you would drive people to raise awareness of what you were doing, hopefully get some initial interest and in registrations and that sort of thing, and just trying to bigging up the 
that you're going to be X place at X time. So that's massively important. The first thing you should do is get that kind of website or that kind of micro website in place. So mm. the things you want to put on there is obviously data capture. So if you're spending a bit of either time or money pushing people to this part of your site, you want to be capture their information so you can follow up. So some sort of simple data capture needs to be on there. Uh, we value blogging very highly at identity. So uh, ideally it would be a, a weekly blog post going out to this to do with what you be doing in this in this uh, exhibition and kind of your your kind of industry views and your analysis and kind of way you see the kind of space going uh, and also it's massively important that from day one you make sure that uh, this section of your website is social media optimized and what we mean by that is it's fairly simply but they do make a big difference is having very good very clear easy to use share buttons at a minimum for kind of twitter facebook and linkedin mm. and also making sure that your social media meta tags are in place and uh, social media meta tags is just a little bit of data that sits behind a website that when someone shares information from your website on Facebook or Twitter, it presents it in a way that is optimized for you. So what I mean by that is that the picture will be correct, it'll have a lovely headline, a nice bit of copy, and it links to the right place. Hi, this is Kara Swisher, and I want to talk to you about my new podcast for the New York Times called Sway. If you want to know what people who hold power in our world are really all about, you need to hear how they answer the tough questions. And that is my specialty. And although it might get messy, as it always does, it's also going to be really fun. You can get Sway wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are available Mondays and Thursdays. Place. It's, a, it's a very simple thing that can make a massive difference to the way that people consume and share your information with others, which, of course, the word of mouth side of this is massively important. Of course, yeah. So you mentioned social media quite a bit. I wonder if you could expand on that. I mean, how should we be using social media and specifically which platforms and tools to support the event? Uh, well, Twitter has really since early days established itself as kind of the de facto kind of social marketing tool for events. And it's still massively important, in particular because Twitter kind of it didn't, didn't invent it, but it kind of gave birth to the popularity of the hashtag. Yeah. Uh, during the actual event itself, whether it's one day or several days, people will engage with that hashtag and probably 90% of them will do it through uh, the Twitter app. I mean, that's it, statistically, it is the place people go to get information, whether they're at the event or not, and it's also what they use to share information. I'm I'm not sure that's going to change anytime soon. I mean, that's probably Twitter's, one of Twitter's talismans is that it kind of controls that industry space. Mm. But in the last couple of years, Facebook, which for many years was seen as a kind of a retail-friendly kind of social marketing platform, have made a number of changes to their, their kind of advertising platform that has really positioned it very strongly now as a kind of very viable candidate for events marketing, more so leading up to the event and kind of in the follow-up afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I think, as I said, I think Twitter will still dominate on the day of the show itself. But Facebook's social graph which is what they call it which connects all of us around the world something like 1.59 billion people use facebook worldwide at about 31 million in the uk that's created a fantastically detailed graph that connects all of us and, and from that they kind of know everything that we're doing both on facebook and off it and so accordingly if you want to reach uh, a very large group of people who are highly targeted to something that makes your business and your industry and, and, and even services and products very specifically you could only really do that in my opinion super effectively on Facebook and as a result as I said when you're trying to market into an event raise awareness get registrations push people towards as we talked about your kind of micro site Facebook has become the best tool for that I think it's also quite important to mention the fact that this isn't going to be done organically for a show um, and really to get the reach that you want to you've got to be prepared to uh, invest some money behind a campaign mm. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's probably one of the major differences in social media marketing in the last kind of two or three years is that you could, quote unquote, compete to some extent with a, a, a free, organic approach to social media marketing, you know, maybe at the end of the 2000s. Today, it's firmly our opinion that if you want to be successful in the social space, it's very much a pay-to-play sort of mentality. You have to have a media spend behind any campaign, absolutely, if you're starting from scratch. So if I was launching a new event this year and I launched new Facebook and Twitter channels to support that event... If I wasn't putting money behind to grow them, to engage with people, to raise awareness, to drive leads and registrations, it would inherently fail and become very obvious that it was failing within probably a couple of months. You mentioned earlier about uh, the, the power of, you know, sort of images and video. I was just wondering about things like Periscope and Snapchat. Yeah, I mean, Periscope in particular has become, become in a niche sense, but very popular mm. for kind of live broadcasting during events. I mean, when I see it all the time now is if, if there's a keynote speaker, and if he's, if, he's, if he's a big enough name, he'll often have someone there uh, screening some of his content out live. There'll be people in the audience who are recording it and pushing it out live. Uh, and then Periscope has become, it's still a bit of a niche social platform, but it's become quite valuable in this space quite quickly uh, because you can do that very effectively uh, and reach, you can get an immediate response to people because it shows the engagement that sort of stuff very quickly but Snapchat which I'm a huge fan of for many years was seen as kind of like a very teenage oriented yes. platform and yes. that it's become incredibly popular in the kind of last 12 months and they're making changes in their marketing platform or the, or the back end of the platform that I think will make it a very viable marketing candidate for events and all industries over the next 6 to 12 months or so and again Snapchat I think already has surpassed Facebook for daily video views it's about 8.5 billion views per day on Snapchat which is a a massive, massive number. Uh, and again, you can do that. Got, it's got a live video aspect, which I think will be pushed more aggressively um, by Snapchat over the kind of the next three to six months. And I think then becomes a viable kind of events marketing kind of platform. And also, I think they're quite clever that you have to correct me on the terminology, but the geo field that you can put around a uh, certain yeah. event so it's great for marketing for uh, either a sponsor or the show organizer yeah i mean this thing is called geofencing and you can put a, a little filter which is very popular on snapchat and it's you could, you could mark an area on a map so when anyone pulls that snapchat and goes to the filters your filter will show up now at a big enough event to someone like an excel or someone like that that's very powerful because people will scroll through it see this put it out you get all the engagement metrics from that and of course the more these things are used the more that kind of builds on other people using them and it's a good way to kind of drive both awareness and also just kind of encourage people to get involved in a kind of maybe a more fun way than they previously would have done in the past yeah so Snapchat, Periscope, sort of newish things, things to keep an eye on. I was just wondering, actually, because a lot of these things that we've spoken about are sort of fairly sort of new sort of digital marketing or newish digital marketing concepts. What about more traditional forms such as email? I mean, some people say email is dead, don't they? Absolutely not, I say. And but I think it's you just got to be serious uh, when it comes to email. And yeah, by far still the most successful uh, engagement tool uh, for our clients. Remember, sorry, you've just got to remember that it's got to be friendly, it's got to be informative, it's got to be interesting and of value um, to the reader. Yeah, I mean, the thing about email is that we, we all use it day in, day out in the business world and have done, some of us, you know, for, for, for decades. And so it's seen as a very traditional, kind of old-fashioned tool to some extent. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. there's a massive difference between the emails we uh, send in exchange with colleagues and clients and, as Michael was saying, serious, a, a proper email marketing campaign. Mm. Um, I mean, statistically, and this is one of those, those facts that I think has been consistent since social media launched, a good email campaign converts and uh, at a rate of about 30 to 40 times higher than social media. Mm. And I'm not downplaying the value of social media because it's a tremendously valuable tool for engagement, getting people's attention, driving leads. But when you want to convert someone from a prospect 
to a customer or a client, email is still the best way to do this, apart from maybe the telephone. But in a digital sense, email is still number one for that conversion process. But it requires taking it seriously. It requires using a platform. We like MailChimp at Identity, but other platforms are available. But it's finding something that lets you create a very strong template, uh, sending out to a large list, controlling all the aspects that go along with that in terms of driving a call to action, having a strong subject line. But more importantly, it's the analysis that comes after that. It's the data, it's the reporting, what, what was getting good but opening rates but, but poor clicks, what was getting bad opening rates but when they were getting into the email, they were actually clicking on what you wanted. All that stuff is tremendously valuable and it gives you a very powerful way to kind of manage large, large groups of people and kind of create innovative counter campaigns going forward. Yeah, and I think also just we've got to touch on the fact that it absolutely has to be mobile first. I think the stat most recently was 67% of emails are read on yep. uh, mobile phone. Um, and so I think you know, lots of people spend their time on their dos- desktop. Does this look right? But it's absolutely got to be mobile first. And this, of course, ties into sort of like planning, doesn't it? Because you alluded earlier that sort of for an event, you have to do certain things before, certain things during and certain things afterwards. How does that sort of fit in with the email? Do you have to do sort of different emails before sort of and afterwards? Yeah, absolutely. So you want to be putting together your email campaign. It's really important that you uh, start the engagement, the warm up to the event. But really, what comes post event is key. And you've kind of pull together all that data capture from the event, this new database, and you just want to start using that. So the follow-up process is key to any event. I think that there was a stat that I was reading the other day, 75% of sales leads are not followed up after an exhibition. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? You spend all that money, um, 75% of people aren't following it up. So you can use email as a great way to kind of mass follow-up. I mean, that absolutely doesn't supersede, you know, giving someone a call, I met you at the show, but there's some really cool um, follow-up tools now. I think it was uh, BombBomb I was looking at the other day, which is a video follow-up that you can record yourself and send to people. And so mm. very handy to break through that post-show clutter that you, uh, you often get. And there, there are various so, uh, sort of social media things you can do as well in terms of follow-up, sort of moving away from email slightly. Yeah, I mean, one thing we see a lot here, uh, which is something, of course, we don't do ourselves, is you'll see very, many conferences who have active social media platforms who just completely stop using them when the event is finished. They might, you have a couple of days of thanking everyone for attending, but then they kind of go dormant for six months to 12 months until the event kind of starts up again. And to us, that's a massive mistake because you build up this huge amount of engagement, particularly on the day of the show itself, when you've got massive hashtag use, and then just to drop that and not kind of do anything with that engagement is a huge mistake. So obviously, you should be kind of serving and feedbacking to people after the show to get responses from them about how they kind of experienced the event and, and if it's an exhibition doing this and uh, sorry an exhibitor how they kind of felt about the stand and how they kind of engaged with your staff but all the data you've taken can kind of be repurposed into kind of content that you can push out on your social platforms to keep the kind of momentum going and what I mean by that is you can take crunch numbers and create infographics kind of little data snippets yeah. make visuals put videos together but critically just keep the momentum going and, and the reason why that's important is that when you come to market your event next year you're not starting from scratch you're not starting cold people are already connecting to you already aware that something is coming and you're hitting the ground running rather than starting from a kind of you know an empty room and and i think also i wrote a blog uh, the other week about the cycling industry and its impact on the events industry and i think it's really important that the cycle show is in september and when are people riding their bike most often well it's spring and summer and so you've got all that time away from the show that you can build a momentum, what products are hot, what are not. Um, and so you know how to plan your show for the next time around. 
So guys, listen, thanks for coming on so much. It's a, it's a huge area of events and it's a, I know it's a very strong industry sector. Now, before we go, you must tell us about this free ebook download. You've, you've made a 56-page free ebook, haven't you? Uh, tell us about that and uh, where we can get hold of it. Uh, we absolutely have. Uh, it's, as you said, it's a 56-page complete guide we're calling it a complete guide to using digital for your exhibition which is absolutely free uh, you can go to identityevents.co.uk uh, or just google identity events it's right there on the home page just click on the button enter your email and it'll be sent to you straight away a lot of the things we've been talking about today in that book going into it in a lot more detail and some other things as well so if you're an established exhibitor or you're someone who's looking to do a show for the first time and you want to tap into the kind of digital space but also technology the things we've talked about it's all in there kind of template if you will to kind of get you going and tremendously valuable and absolutely free fantastic we, we like free things <laughs> so and also tell us how you can get hold of you emails websites twitter handles and things how can we get hold of you two guys well, as mentioned, uh, you can visit our website, so www.identityevents.co.uk. If you want to get hold of me, it's at Michael Geetson, and Shay is at Seamus. Yeah, S-H-E-A-M-U-S. And Michael, uh, your surname is G-I-E-T-Z-E-N, isn't it? Perfect. So at Michael Geetson, Michael spelt in the normal way. Fantastic. So thanks, guys. Um, and thanks for listening, all you lovely listeners out there. The show notes are in the usual place, site visibility.com slash podcast. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you feel like doing a review, that would be great because it helps us to grow the audience and then we can help more people. And we just get bigger, which we like as well. Not not bigger as in girth, but bigger as in listenership. Um, if you want to connect with me personally, I'm Dr. Pod, D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D on Twitter and LinkedIn. Just mention the IM podcast, uh, Internet Marketing Podcast, when you want to connect Otherwise, I'll think you're one of those recruiters trying to recruit me for development work, which I get a lot of. If you've got um, questions or you just want to make a comment, two ways of doing that. The email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk and the telephone number, the magic telephone line in which you can leave an audio message of your sweet dulcet tones, plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. Well, that's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Michael and Shay. Bye. Bye. And we'll see you next time on internet marketing.